Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 8. Let's go there. And, um, you know, we have been talking about the subject of authority. I know we were here last, I think it was last Wednesday night, Matthew 8. I want to go back again because there's some other things I want to talk about out of this passage. But the, um, you know, and like I said, the, the knowledge that we have authority, that, that's a revelation to some people. Some people don't, don't know that yet. You know, you think, well, Pastor, I know that. I've known that for years. Well, yeah, you have, but not everybody, you know, knows what you know. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and not everybody has received the revelation. It's like I said, there's one guy in the church, and, you know, I leave him unnamed. I'm not slandering him, but, but he said it publicly. You know, he said that we Christians don't have authority over the devil. And I thought, boy, if that statement's true, we're in big trouble. And I saw, I saw one time he was like number five influential preacher in the church. And I'm thinking, man, the one of the church is weak at times, is if that's what we're being taught that we don't have authority. And so that first message, I just took you through. How many know you can't argue with the Scriptures, can you? It explicitly says we have authority. And I've always been come back to this. I don't know why they think Jesus came. He didn't come to get authority for Himself. He didn't need it. He got it for us. Amen. So we would have it. Amen. So we talked about that. We talked about how, you know, a little bit about how authority is released. But tonight, I want to talk about are you under authority? This is a real big question. Are you under authority? So let's go here to the scripture in Matthew chapter 8. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses here. Uh, verse 5, the Bible says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, or paralyzed, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. I'll see if it's God's will. No, he just said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, he's going to explain now why he said that, because this impressed Jesus. He said, I've not seen faith like this, no, not in all of Israel. So this impressed Jesus. But then he explains why he said, just speak the word only. And we know this, that if you have authority, all you have to do is just speak, right? Isn't that right? If I don't want to have praise and worship some night, I don't have to destroy all of the instruments to prove it. All I got to do is just say it. Right? But now if somebody else comes to Miss Jill and says, we're not having praise and worship tonight. She's going to run that by me. you got to have authority, right? And so, you know, somebody off the street said, you know, I, I just don't want you to do that. I want pastor to preach all night. Well, uh, you know, that, that's not going to fly because you don't have, you got to have authority. Right, amen? And so, th- th- so, so this man, he realized Jesus had some authority, didn't he? And then all Jesus had to do was say, and there would be obedience. But he explains this, he says in verse 9, For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, he goes, 
And, and I say to this man, go when he goes, and to another man, come when he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does this. Uh, I think we read this, the other translation Wednesday, last Wednesday night about, I think it said, I give orders. I give orders. I like that. I give orders. And uh, when Jesus heard it, verse 10, he said unto them that followed, Verily I send you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Verse 13, skip down there. He says, Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. So what this guy did worked. Amen. But I, 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 want, to, I want to take off tonight, and I want to, just for a little bit here, I want to talk about the phrase, uh, where he said, I'm a man under authority. Now, this man is a Roman centurion. He has um, uh, approximately 100 people under him, could be a little more. Uh, so he, he is a, a leader of men, and he is a, we might could say, a captain in the army. And he says, I have authority uh, to tell men what to do. And they do it. But he says, the first thing he said is, I'm under authority. In other words, if this guy realized that his authority originated from some other place. Amen? We, we have to realize that as believers, our authority originates somewhere else. It's, it's, not, it's not resident in us. Uh, you could say, it if you understand this, the flame of it's not in us. If it were, we could give it away. Adam gave it away, didn't he? But Jesus, amen, as a resurrected, amen, man from the dead, untouchable by sin and death, has the authority now, and it can't be lost. God put it in Christ, then he put us in Christ. when We got born again. So we got everything Christ has. So that flame of authority is in Jesus. We're never losing it again. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we're not going to have to go through all this again? Hallelujah. I'm glad about that. Because it's in Jesus and because it's in Him, then uh, it's, 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 it's a, that's probably not a word, but I'm going to use it. Unlosable. I just made that up. Praise God. But have you know, it, you can't lose it. Because Jesus can't fail. Oh, he could have when he was here. Now people, I know I've heard religious people say, well, Jesus couldn't have sinned. Well, yes, he could have. He was, he could have. He was tempted. If you can't sin, amen. See, there's certain things you can't tempt me with because there's, no, there's nothing in me that wants it. Amen. Certain things, I don't want it. I don't want it. So uh, I can't be tempted with it. I, I'm never. I'm never tempted to eat cottage cheese. I'm never. Why? Because I don't dig eating spoiled milk. All right? I throw it away. So anyway, now you may like it. That's fine. I, you know, you have a right to be wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 you know what I'm saying? So I can't, I can't be tempted by that. I, it has to be something that, you know, my flesh wants, right? And Jesus was tempted, and you can't be tempted unless you could, you could fall for it. So he could sin, but he didn't. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. He, he's, he's the forerunner for us, right? Amen. He's our example, right? He's the one that we're aiming for. How I many know we're aiming to be not like this brother or that brother or this sister or that sister? We're aiming to be like Christ. You get your eyes on people. How I many know all people, all people have faults? All people have things about them that's not per- perfect. Amen. But Jesus is per- he's, he's perfected. Amen. And so this man realizes, I, I, am, I am in the presence of a man who has authority because he's under somebody's authority. Now, Jesus told us whose authority he was under. He said, I always do those things that please my father. So he was under his father's authority. As a matter of fact, there's many places he said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what my father says. So he's under authority. That, that is why in John 14, I love this scripture. John 14, 30, he says, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. In other words, he, he, there's no harvest here for him. There's nothing here for him to pick. There's nothing here that belongs to him. Someone once said, the only reason you spank your kids is because they're acting like you used to. I don't know if that's true or not. But, you know, Jesus didn't have any bad fruit in him. Amen? And so, uh, so listen now. When, however much, listen to this, however much our lives are submitted to God is how little room Satan has to operate in our life. How many know that submission comes on levels, doesn't it? See, when you first get saved, you don't know everything you should know yet. It's like a baby, right? You know, there's no baby comes out of the womb quoting calculus uh, figures or whatever. No. They, they have to grow into that, don't they? No baby comes out, you know, you know talking. I've never heard of that where the baby was just born and said, hello, doc. How you doing? You know, when we were born, they, the first thing they did was get used to getting spanked. They slapped you. Didn't they? How many remember that? Figured Martine would remember that. Amen. He probably got it three or four times, right? But anyway, how many know? <laughs> he had to come to him. Yeah. I think Dr. Anna still spanks him every now and then. He's, he's still got it coming. But how many understand we grow? We grow in submission. In other words, the Lord, the Lord doesn't show you everything you need to change all at once. That 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 is a good thing, right? And I've told you how stupid I was when I got born again. That I thought just because I wasn't drinking Pabst any longer and I wasn't smoking marijuana and doing drugs that I had arrived. I've thought, I've got to at least qualify for one of those 24 elders in the book of Revelation. Because, I mean, I'm, I've given it up for Jesus Christ. Now, in, in all honesty, I'm not making this up. I, in all honesty, I just was that dumb. I didn't realize that there were other areas of your life that God was going to command and demand obedience out of. I just thought you left that lifestyle like that, the drugs, the you know, and the, the alcohol and all that, you left that behind to follow Jesus Christ. But then after I'd been saved for a little while, God began dealing with me about my mouth and my attitudes and things I said. And 
you know what I'm saying, things I would say to people. I was rough around the edges. And, uh, you know, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to walk in love, but I still hadn't, didn't have all that stuff purged out. I'm still working on that. I don't know about you, but I still get, I still get angry and have to repent. Right? You know, and God's still working with me. Now, I'm getting better, but, you know, there came a time when God wasn't just dealing with my actions. He was dealing with my attitudes. I mean, he got, you know what I'm saying? See, and that's what Jesus said, you know, that um, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to get in. (laughs) Thank you for that hearty amen. You know, some of you are thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, we'll give an altar call later on. You you can get it all right. But help me understand what I'm saying, see. See, see, the Bible tells us, listen now, here's what the Bible tells us in Colossians. It tells us we've been, we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. So we're in a kingdom. Now, how many know when you're in a kingdom, there's a king? Isn't that right? Now, how many know when there's a kingdom, there's kingdom laws? Isn't there? See, no matter where you go on this earth, you know, like I've gone to nations before, and the laws are different over there than they are here. There's some things... That like, you know, some, when I've gone places, there's some things if you can do here that you can't do there. You follow what I'm saying? And I have to obey the laws over there, not the laws in America, because I'm in this kingdom now. You see, see what I mean? And so, I, you know, I, I mean, I remember the very, very first mission trip I took. Very first. Never, you know what I'm saying? I had never been on the mission field. Uh, never been out of the United States. And the very first one I took was many, many years ago. And I remember one of the things the missionary told us, he knew we were green, or I was anyway, and there were others that were green too, that were, I think were on, were on this trip. We were as green as could be. And he, he, he was emphatic about it. He said, listen, he said, you know, there's two places you don't want to go in this country. You don't want to end up in one of our hospitals. And you don't want to end up in one of our jails. And brother, was he right? We went through one of the jails, prisons one time. You didn't want to be there. And so, you know, you know we, so in other words, obey the laws that are here. Amen? Well, I mean, we got laws in this kingdom. Isn't that right? You know, people say, well, you know, I mean, we're free. We don't have any laws. Wait a minute. Paul talked about it. I'm under the law of Christ. God said, I'm going to put my laws in your heart and in your, in your mind. Of course, there's, there's laws. There's commandments. There's things the way the kingdom works. And we have to know that, right? How I many of you, when you learn to drive, you got to learn the laws of the land? I don't know how they do it now, you know, because it's been a long time. When we did it, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had it. In, we had it in high school. We had what they call it drivers, uh, drivers head in high school, and we had the book book learning and the actual get out and drive it. And you had to learn the laws of the land. Amen. And that doesn't mean you're going to always obey them, but at least you're supposed to know them, right? And so, uh, and they've got, they've got people out there that will pull you over if you break them. Oh, yeah, evangelist that I knew, he's, he said this. He said, I was driving real fast. He was going somewhere, I think, to preach. and He was on Interstate 10, and he was driving real fast, and he got pulled over by a state trooper. And he said the state trooper uh, looked in and he saw I had a Bible 
in my passenger seat. And he said to him, he said, what's that you have there? He goes, it's a Bible. He said, the state trooper said, do you ever read it? <laughs> he said, well, yes, I'm an evangelist. He said, have you ever read Romans 13 where it says obey the higher powers? How many know you're busted, right? Turned out this state trooper was a Baptist deacon, all right? So, <laughs> but how many of those laws are there to uh, protect you, right? You know, so you, you drive halfway decent. Some of you don't, but it's supposed to help. How many know that? Pastor Ingoff was over here. Years ago, he told me this story. I got such a kick out of it. He was, he was in Los Angeles preaching in the California area. And, he, you know, he's used to driving on the Audubon. There is no speed limit in parts of it. And so he's just flying down the freeway in Los Angeles. And a state trooper or a policeman, might have been, been a county policeman or city policeman, but anyway, a policeman comes up behind him with his lights on and Ingolf innocently, Pastor Ingolf innocently doesn't realize, doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, so he's wondering why he doesn't go around him. So he rolls his window down and flags him around. Go around, go around. He said he just stayed back there, and finally he got up by me and pointed at me, you. And he said, I pulled over, and he said, I did something. I didn't know you didn't do this in America. He said, I got out of my vehicle and started walking back towards him. And he said, I'm saying, what are you doing? And so this state trooper asked for his license, and he didn't have it. He has, a, he has an American license, but he didn't have it with him for some reason. But he had his pilot's license with him. He's a pilot. So he had his pilot's, so he gives him his pilot's license. <laughs> Finally, this state trooper figures out this guy does not know what he's doing. He's from Germany. He thinks he's on the Audubon. So he says, he comes to me, hands me my pilot's license back, and says, next time, fly a little higher. <laughs> How many of those laws are there for a reason, aren't they? What are they there for? They're to protect. See, God's, God's word's there to protect us, right? right. Amen? And, and if, we're not, if we're not submitted to that, if we're not under the authority of the word, then have, you know, our authority is just not going to work for us. you got to be under authority. How many know this, 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 this Roman centurion, he says, I'm under authority. But the moment, the moment he bucks the establishment, the moment he bucks his superior, how many know he loses his authority? It's no longer there. The same thing's true. Uh, it's not that we lose our authority, it's just it doesn't work for us. Look in the book of James. I'm going to look at the four scriptures tonight, if we have time, and I think we will. James chapter 4, go there, uh, because this is another scripture. I think we were over here during one of the, one of, maybe the first teaching on this. But let's go back here, because there's some things I want to talk about further on this. In James chapter 4, and uh, just want to read one verse. Are you there? Verse 7 says submit. How many love the word submit? Hallelujah. It's a good word. Sub submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Well, that verse right there tells us we have authority if he's going to flee from us. Right. Remember, remember what I asked you? I asked you, and I was shocked when I found how, how many know why we flee from the, the police? How many, how, many ever, how many have ever ran from the police? Let's say it the right way. Okay. Travis, have you ran? Get your hand up. <laughs> but who was it in here that when I asked, and I was like, was shocked? Was it? It was Angie Willem. That's probably what she's doing tonight, out running from the police. That's why she's not here. <laughs> you, know, you run from the police for one reason, right? Why? They have authority. And like Phyllis said, you did something wrong. You did something wrong. But there's somebody. See, you don't. This is like I said. I was at, I was at this place one time. This is before I say. Everybody say B.C. Before Christ was in my life. I was at this place one time. We were doing wrong things, illegal things. And all of a sudden, nine state cop cars pull in. Nine of them. Nine. That's when you know they're serious. Nine. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're ticked off. When they make nine come, they're mad. And it's like, people just start running. You know? Now, if it had been nine grandmas pulled in, I wouldn't have ran because they don't have any authority. But those, those state policemen are women, whatever they were. They have authority. See, that's why the devil runs from you because you have authority. If you didn't have authority, how many know he wouldn't run from you? He recognizes it. Whether the church recognizes it or not, he recognizes it. And if you're submitted to God, submit yourself. Let's listen to the three-step process. Submit yourself first to God. That's the first thing. Resist the devil. What does that mean? Oppose him. Stand against him. Don't just now listen now. Don't 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 get take this wrong, but listen to what I'm saying. Don't just leave it up to God. It says it doesn't say and, and God will oppose him. It says you. You oppose him. You resist him. You stand against him, and he will flee from you. I see it like this. Under God's authority, devil's under your authority. And he will flee. But if you're not under God's authority, how many know the devil's not a, the devil doesn't have to listen to you? Because you've broken the chain. You've broken the source. You've, you, you're no longer in the chain of command. Hallelujah. See, I don't just live right just so I'll get a Sunday school star. I live right so I'll have a good life. Right? Amen. Amen. Uh, See, there's something, see, Jesus, the, the Bible says this about Jesus. It says, for this reason, he was, he died, he rose, and he revived, or he still, he lives again, that he might be Lord of the dead and the living. We say, we also, how many have ever said Jesus is Lord? Well, you know what? The Bible over 700 times in the New Testament gives that title to Jesus, Lord in some form or fashion. When, when the angels announced his coming to the shepherds, they, they, they said, that for, for unto you this day is, is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's not just Savior, he's Lord. See what I'm saying? See, the Bible says if you're going to be saved, you need to confess the Lord Jesus. In other words, you've got to accept his lordship over your life. That's why I just, you know, you can pray the sinner's prayer. You can sign a card. You can get baptized. But you, that doesn't mean you got saved. 
you have to accept the lordship of Jesus. Jesus is now my Lord. What's that mean? He's in control of my life. I want to work the rest of my life to let him have control. That's true salvation. Amen? So there's a lot, a lot of people that today are in churches that think they're going to heaven that aren't saved. And they don't even know it. Because they've never confessed and received the Lordship of Jesus. It makes a difference. See, forgiveness, listen to this, even in our own life, even though forgiveness of sins isn't just enough, we've got to have the Lordship of Jesus in our life if we're going to be victorious. Well, Jesus said, if you don't do what I say, your house will fall. Right, right. So we have to accept His Lordship. You know, what He says, that's what goes. This isn't real popular in churches today. But, listen now, I, I, it's going to get more popular, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people right now are having their, their if, pardon the phrase, they're having their lunch eaten by the devil. And some people are waking up and saying, you know, hey, this, this church as usual is not working. It's not working. Amen. It won't work. The devil will eat you. All right, now, all right, since that's going over so big, um, <laughs> why don't you go to the uh, book of Ephesians chapter 4? Go there. Ooh, hallelujah. Ephesians. I love Ephesians. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians the fourth chapter. So you can't live a victorious life apart from Jesus' lordship in your life. When, when I got saved, I, I, I came into this and fully expecting for my life to change. Amen. I expected the drugs to go. I, I expected the alcohol to go. I expected all the things I was doing. I expected it to go. Simply because of this, I, I meant business with God. I'd already live in that lifestyle. I was trying to get delivered out of that. It's like, it's like Dr. Barclay told a guy one time, he said, you know the difference between me and you? He said, you got baptized for the permission to sin. I got baptized for the remission of sin. Right? I don't know why believers are looking for a way to get in bondage. I'm looking for a way to get out. Amen. Now, I'm not saying we make everything a sin, Unless it's a sin, <laughs> right? Unless the Bible declares, you know, there are some, you know, the Bible talks about laying aside every sin, doesn't it? But then it says weights. There are some things you just don't need in your life, you know what I'm saying? They're just, they're just weights. They'll weigh you down. They'll stop you from running the race, right? Amen. You don't see anybody going out there to run a race and they got work boots on and overalls. No. I mean, they got tennis shoes, shorts, and a tank top. Because, you know, the less weight, you know, the faster you can go. Amen. And so that's what the Bible tells us. It says we should, we're to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, um, we're, 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 we're going to look at verse uh, 27. Ephesians 4, 27. Real short verse. It says, neither give place to the devil. Well, that means you can give him place then, can't you? But it means you can keep from giving him place, which means you have authority over him. He can't just take place. You got to give him place. You got to give it to him. Uh, the word place just means ground. Uh, we could look at, I like to think of it like this way. Let's think of it this way. 
don't open any doors for him. Don't do it. You know, you, how many of you leave the front door open on your house? You don't know what's coming in. I mean, there might be a dog come in, cat come in, possum come in, depending on where you live. You know, some of you live kind of like Pastor Chuck, you know, out, you know, where the Bible talks about, you know, go to the end of the earth. That's his yard. But anyway, you know, but, you know, people live out there, all kinds of critters will come in, won't they? Oh, we, we had, not Phyllis and I, but when I was a kid, we had a skunk in our house for three days. Three days. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's what happened. The, the, the basement window was open. It was wintertime, and Dad had the window open because he's running an extension cord out to the garage because the garage didn't have power yet. And our dog chased a skunk in that window. And so it stayed down there for three days. Three days. I mean, nobody's going down there to get it out. <laughs> you volunteering? I'm not. I'm surprised my dad didn't make one of us kids go do it. I really am. He made us do everything else. I'm surprised that you're, you're going down there and get that skunk. We'll, we'll wash you later. But finally, did it ever get out? Well, yeah, I finally did. After, after three days, you know, it was like in the basement. It started scratching at the basement door like it was wanting out. So Dad opened the back door and the basement door, which was just a straight shot so it could get straight out, you know. But instead it turned around and wanted to come up into the kitchen. Dad went, shh, shh, shh. And it turned around and it went out, you know. But it was down there for three days. Well, it got in because the window was open, right? You open your door, how many know something's liable to come in you don't want? Amen. I mean, listen now. Uh, every night I have this routine before I go to bed. I go to all the doors and make sure they're locked. And why do I do that? Because I don't want anything coming in. I want to make sure, unless I let it in, I want it to stay on the outside, right? There's people coming to my door. I don't let in. None of you. Quit looking at me like that. <laughs> there you go. I'm not letting you in, you know. I, I don't really want to talk to you. I'm going to be nice to you, but you're staying out there on the stoop, man. That's as far as you're going. I don't want your product. I don't want to buy it. No. I think the funny, this is not funny, but I'm going to tell you because it came to my mind and Maybe you shouldn't say everything comes to your mind, but I've never seen a salesman so bumfuzzled in all my life. I went to pray for this guy. This guy was going through a really hard time. He'd messed his life up. He was really, he was really down. I mean, he, he was really, really low, as low as you can get. So I'm going over to pray for him, and when I'm praying for a, 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 a cancer insurance salesman comes, and he wants to sell him cancer insurance. He said to this insurance salesman, he said, if I died of cancer right now, it would be a great blessing. I, I would never say that. But the reason I thought it was funny is the, the, the cancer man, the insurance, he had no comeback. He, didn't, he couldn't come back and say, well, our policy is cheaper than the other guys. He was like, he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to say that, but I found out what does work. But listen, you lock the door because you don't want anything coming in. This is what Paul's saying. Give, don't give place to the devil, see? See, because the devil's looking for ways to get in. Remember what the Bible said? He walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, who's he going to devour? The ones he can get into, their house. See, had, had he been checking Job out, he said, told God, have you made a hedge about him? About his house? About all he hath? You've blessed the, the work of his land? 
his hands, his substance has increased in the land. He'd been checking Job out, hadn't he? He'd been looking for a way to get in on Job. Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan's desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. He's checking Peter out. The Bible talks about his wiles, his tricks. It, it, isn't it comforting to know he checks you out? <laughs> but I have purposed. I'm not going to leave any doors unlocked. I'm not going to do it. Now, in Ephesians 5, go there. We're right there in 4. Go to 5. We're going to close right here. Ephesians 5. Uh, Do you get anything tonight? You got to keep yourself under authority if you're going to have authority. Amen. Ephesians 5, verse 15, says, See then that you walk circumspectly, looking all around, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly means that you're, that you're walking uh, watchful, uh, dis, with dis, dis, discreetful. You're, you're cautious. You're prudent. In other words, you, some believers just aren't cautious enough. They're not prudent enough. You, you shouldn't look to see what you can get by with. Don't open doors for the devil. Don't don't do things. They, they, they made fun of our vice president, uh, our former vice president, one time when he said he didn't have dinner with another woman without his wife there. I mean, the media just ridiculed. I thought, what a smart man. He's not opening any door. See, the Bible says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Doesn't it? Don't, don't, even, don't even be associated with that. Now, I know, now listen, I know sometimes people come at us and they say, well, you're just old school. You're just religious. You're just legalistic. Yeah, but I'm safe. A guy, now you can do what you want to. Listen, I, I, Phyllis and I are teetotalers. We don't, we don't touch alcohol. We don't drink alcohol. I know, it's a, I know this is a, a hot button spot in the church, but, you know, uh, listen, I got delivered from that. My life got messed up by that. Why would I want to open the door to that again in any form or shape? I don't think so. I've already seen, see, the modern alcoholic industry is not of God, it's of the devil. It comes off his altar. Why would I partake of his altar? We say, well, what about the Bible? Listen, I don't have an hour and a half to teach you. But just to say, what we have today is totally different than what was in the Bible. Totally different. They had nothing, they had no hundred proof in the Bible. Now, <clears throat> listen to this. You know, I got delivered from that. I'm not going back to that. Right? I mean, just think about it. If, if before you got saved, if you were an adulterer and you got saved... Do you think it's okay to say, well, now I can have just a little as long as I don't go too far? How many of your wife will fix that for you? We might have, we might have a place to go sometime, your funeral. <laughs> because that's not going to fly, is it? See, and I, now I've been at this for 40 years. I've just watched these preachers that have said, well, Matt, you know, I, just a little. I've watched, most of them get in trouble. They get in trouble. Because alcohol does some things to you. What does it do? It messes up your judgment. It messes up your morality. Amen. 
it messes you up. Well, I know when to stop. Well, good, but there may be a day you don't. Right? Uh, you know, a guy, I don't know why I'm saying this, but here we go. You know, I've seen, I don't know, all right, I've seen several preachers that have bit the dust over alcohol because they came up with a doctrine, it's okay to drink a little. I'm thinking of one right now. He had one of the, one of the bigger ministries in the world, in the world, in the world. He has churches throughout the world. We sing some of their songs, big for music, noted for music. We sing, the church, not just us, but the church sings some of their songs that they wrote because they were good songs. But he had this doctrine. He came up with this doctrine. It's okay for me to drink a little bit. A friend of mine who's in the ministry actually preached for him, used to, and he, and he told him, he said, he warned him about that. And he was like, you're just legalistic. You're just old school. Today, this guy's not in the ministry any longer. He's had legal problems, moral problems. He's not even in the ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll take legalism, old school, and still be in the ministry. Thank you for that hearty amen. Then loose and out and, and beat up by the devil. This guy's beat up by the devil now. His life's wrecked. It's ruined. Why? Neither give place to the devil. Amen. Listen, a lot of preachers get in trouble because they don't have their wife with them. Why do you want to not have your wife with you? Well, yes, quiet in this Holy Ghost Church. You know, I'm just, I'm just preaching. That's all. I'm just saying, I, I'm not giving the, you know, I'm not giving the devil. What if some woman flirt, flirted with you? I said, hey, come meet my wife. She'll scratch your eyes out. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you can't play with sin. You know what I'm saying? Some guys, when they get older, they get stupid. And they think they got it again. And they never had it to start with. But for some reason, they get stupid. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they buy a sports car. It's okay to have a sports car if you want a sports car. But, but don't, don't do it because you're going you're gonna to attract girls. You just look stupid. It, it, it's, just like, it's just like a minister I know. You know, he started dressing like the youth in his church. I, I know of him. He started dressing like the youth in his church, you know, because he wanted to be cool and fit in. And draw young people. And his, his son was over the youth department. And his son came to him one day, 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 and he said, Dad, they don't want another teenager. They want a pastor. You just look stupid. <laughs> and the last time I saw him on TV, he, he was dressed back up again. I thought, thank you for the son that was honest with him. You know, Because I saw him, I thought, you just look stupid. You know how stupid a, a, an 80-year-old guy looks in skinny jeans? <laughs> Forget it. Only Ingolf can pull that off and be in his 60s. <laughs> to ever tell you the story, I'm closing. This isn't even preaching here. But ever tell you the story, him and I went in a restaurant together one time. And we walked by this table, Pastor Ingolf and I. And there was these young girls at this table. I say young, they're probably in their 20s. We walked by them, okay? And I hear one of them say out loud, he is so cute. So I said to Ingolf, I said, do you hear what she said about you? What? 
I said, she said, you are so cute. He said, how do you know she wasn't talking about you, Pastor Mark? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I told him, I said, you look like you just stepped off a European fashion catalog. I look like I just left a NASCAR race. She's not talking about me. I'm not that stupid. But how I many know we, as believers, we need to be discreet. We need to avoid every appearance. We don't want to open any doors to the devil in any way, shape, or form. No way at all. Because there's an old saying, and you've heard it, if you let the devil get in the back seat, next thing he's going to want to drive. He's going to drive the car. Because that's his aim. Nobody, how I many you know nobody backslides overnight? Nobody gets up and says, you know, hey, I, I think I'll backslide today. It's a good day for backsliding. The weather's great. It's not raining, sunny, nice breeze. Good day to backslide. Nobody does that. They start compromising little by little, don't they? And the next thing you know, the devil's got a hold of them. We used to have arguments before I learned it doesn't do any good. We used to have arguments when I first got saved in the first few years about once saved, always saved, you know, and all that. And people would say on the once saved side would say, well, what sin is it that sends you to hell then? And, you know, we would go back and forth. Well, what I've learned this, it's not what sin sends you to hell. It's when your heart gets hardened. You're no longer living and walking by faith and you've turned from God. That's what happens. And that doesn't happen with one sin. That happens with multitudes of compromises along the way. And how many know if we'll compromise now, God help us when it, when, when it gets closer for the time of the Antichrist. God help us. It's like a, a, a guy in Dr. Barclay's church once said to him about Dr. Barclay's preaching on the rapture. And he said, well, I don't believe in the rapture. I believe we're going through the tribulation. Dr. Barclay said something that's profound. Now listen, he said, you're not. He said, what do you mean I'm not? He said, you can't even make it to church now. You sure aren't going to make it during the tribulation. You can't live for God now. When the heat gets turned up in the kitchen, guess what? You're not going to make it. But we'll be, I'm going to be submitted now. I want my authority working for me now. I want to know when I say, you know, uh, devil get behind me. He can't look at me and say, ha, 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 you've been sleeping with the enemy. I'm not paying any attention to you. No, I want him to know I've been over here in God's camp. Amen? So I know that's not like a jump shout type of message on authority like the first one was. But it is really important that we understand if we're going to have authority, we've got to be under God's authority. None of us are perfect. We understand God recognizes that. But when we're living in rebellion to his word, then we're in trouble. We need to get it right. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.